It's time for JT the Brick. Just win, baby. The countdown to Canton is on. Got a Super Bowl ring as a player and as a coach. And I mean, just what the impact he had on the game. Uh, I agree with you. He should have a bust in Canton. Tom Flores. We know what has to be done, and we know how to do it. Charles Woodson. Intercepted by a flying Charles Woodson again! As these Raiders are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we honor them on Raider Nation Radio. Silver and black means a lifetime. A lifetime of uh, excitement and joy. Overall, it was a great journey. The countdown to Canton is on. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back, and we're having a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks talking about Tom Flores and the Hall of Fame, and we hope you enjoy it as we cover this historic moment. This is an historic moment in Raiders history, and we will cover it that way. Welcome back, hour number two. JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And we are thrilled to be brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Why pay more? How about that Golden Knights and Raiders softball game? Henry Ruggs hitting a home run, Marcus Allen's team winning. A lot of people were able to see that, including our good friends at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Hey, why pay more? You can go buy a car online. They'll deliver it to your house. Frank and the team at the Henderson Honda uh, Day Superstore located at 460 North Boulder Highway. So we have breaking news. It looks like the Packers are about to come to terms on Aaron Rodgers, which would be the final year of his contract. So they're going to let him out of his deal after this year. Adam Schefter reporting this. This will be the story of the week. Adam Schefter reporting that the Packers are offering concessions and are close to an agreement that would bring Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay for at least this season. The deal is not done. It is very close. Schefter reports over the past weekend the two sides were able to reach mutually agreed upon terms that are close to convincing Rodgers to abandon plans to skip training camp and instead return. Concessions do not include more money Uh, Due to the source here, the new agreement, once finalized, would help set up Rodgers' departure from Green Bay after this season. Three minutes ago, Adam Schefter, the 2023 year in Aaron Rodgers' contract, the last one in the current deal, would be voided with no tags allowed in the future per source. So he'd play this year and he'd have an out. He'd have an out. But he also, from what I could see, what I could see, he would be able to come back for another year. Adam Schefter just reported that the Packers would agree to review Rodgers' situation at the end of the season. This is great. This is exactly what he wanted. Schefter is on fire right now. He just tweeted a minute ago, Aaron Rodgers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income this year to give the Packers more cap room now. So he's going to stay. So the, the news from Adam Schefter is Adam Aaron Rodgers will be back. He'll play this year. He'll be able to get out of his contract after that. That's the way these deals are going to be, be done now. Could have happened that way to Russell Wilson in Seattle in the future. Could happen to Patrick Mahomes. What happens if Mahomes has two years left on his deal once out? And they say, well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deal for you. You can come back just one more year, and then we'll let you out of the contract. Maybe this is the wave of the future. It's a big storyline because there were some people out there, I was not included, that thought Aaron Rodgers could end up in Vegas or he could go to Denver. 
So I think Raider fans should be pretty happy about this deal because it keeps him from Denver. And if he went to Denver, I think that Denver would have beat the Raiders. I really do. If Aaron Rodgers was in Denver, I think Denver is good enough with Aaron Rodgers to beat the Raiders. Now he's not there. I think the Raiders could sweep Drew Locke and win those games. And those are two wins for the Raiders that the Raiders have to get. I don't think they would have got two wins against Aaron Rodgers in Denver. What do you think of this breaking news? 702-365-9200. I think it's a great day today because I was very, very concerned about Aaron Rodgers going to the Denver Broncos. And on top of that, this will this will give Aaron Rodgers a plan to go to the Denver Broncos next year unless another team steps out on the West Coast. So most people believe Aaron Rodgers wants to go West. What are the teams that are out West? Arizona, Kyler Murray. He's not going anywhere. Vegas and Derek Carr. Well, this is Derek's fourth year under the Gruden system. Derek's got a lot of pressure on him. Derek's got to get to the playoffs this year. He does. Derek has not had a good enough defense to get him to the playoffs. Too bad. Derek's got to take this team and put him on his back to the playoffs. That's a West Coast team for Aaron Rodgers. Denver, heading out west from Green Bay is an option. I think the best one. San Francisco no longer seems to be an option with Trey Lance and what they have at quarterback. Los Angeles has Justin Herbert, franchise quarterback. He's not going there. And I don't think he's going to go to Los Angeles where they just locked up Matthew Stafford. So that's where we're at with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's worth popping some champagne. I think it's worth going out to dinner tonight. If this deal gets done from Adam Schefter here in the next couple hours, which it could, and this guy doesn't go to the Denver Broncos, that should be a huge topic all day long and all night long on Raider Nation Radio. Because if this guy ended up in Denver, it would have been a bleeping nightmare for the Raiders. That's my opinion, and I think rational people believe with me on that. So all reports signify that Aaron Rodgers will be going and staying in Green Bay and be at camp. And this is a great moment for Roger Goodell. He put this new rule into place that the $50,000 fine for not showing up to camp is not forgivable. So a lot of guys would miss camp and they'd have all these fines and then the team would say, come back and play. And then they'd, with a magic wand, wipe out all these fines. That's not the case anymore. So Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson will be reporting to camp because they don't want to lose $50,000 a day which is a boatload of money, no matter how much money you make. Great news today, Raiders. Raiders don't have to face Aaron Rodgers twice a year, Patrick Mahomes twice a year, Justin Herbert twice a year. Now it's just Mahomes and Herbert, and it looks like Drew Locke. I'm really excited about that. Uh, We're counting down to Tom Flores getting into Canton, Ohio. If you got a Coach Flores story, we'd love to hear from you on that. Vinny Bonsignor back from Italy. He wrote a great column on Sunday, Into the Fire. Gus Bradley can't afford to fail in his first year. Raiders need their new hire to be a hit. Great piece of content from Vinny as he nailed it. And Gus has got to have this team ready to go, and that starts tomorrow at training camp. Uh, it's not the same at training camp without fans, and I don't know what the Raiders are planning on doing, but we're still under some COVID protocol. Every time I tweet something out about COVID or anything, people get all triggered, political whack jobs, people going nuts, conspiracy theorists, non-vaxxers, all of this. I'm done. I'm done. Get your vaccination. I got mine. My family, my wife, we're good. 
And does, does that mean we're not going to get COVID? No, but you get a much better chance of not getting it and surviving if you get it. And the NFL has made this a huge topic here over the last couple of weeks. And John Gruden is going to talk to the media tomorrow, and I would assume that's going to be one of the questions asked of him. I'm sure someone's going to ask John Gruden about the vaccination rate, and he'll tell us what he thinks. He'll tell us what he thinks. Uh, but from what everything I've heard that the Raiders have done pretty good, everybody seems to be on the same page. More breaking news on Deshaun Watson, who sh- showed up for training camp. According to John Barr, a great investigative reporter at ESPN, two women with new allegations among 10 to file police complaints against Deshaun Watson. Rusty Harden, Deshaun Watson's legal expert, his lawyer, spoke with ESPN today about the progress of both criminal and civil cases. Quote, there are 10 women that have made complaints to the Houston police, Harden said. Eight of the women, including, according to Harden, are among the 22 women who have alleged in civil lawsuits that Watson sexually assaulted them or engaged in inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Two of the women who have filed complaints with Houston police have not filed civil lawsuits against them. Quote, there are a couple of women who we don't know anything about. So that's going to be tough for Deshaun Watson. He either clears his name and plays football, or he doesn't clear his name and we don't see him getting traded or moved anytime soon. Uh, Still a lot of news with Texas and Oklahoma. They are not renewing their grant of media rights. So it really looks like it's official. Oklahoma and Texas have notified the Big 12 today that they will not be renewing their grants of media rights after they expire in 2025. This could be moved up very quickly if the SEC votes to let them in. Big sources told ESPN today that the statement leaves some wiggle room and doesn't fully guarantee that those schools would remain in the league through 2025. The possibility remains that they will pay the 75 to $80 million penalty for leaving early while also given the required 18 months notice by the Big 12 bylaws. So this is going to be the Big 12 dissolving as we know it, which I think is really negative for the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the Mountain West where we live out here in Vegas as we're going to have super conferences. And, you know, there's a power five. But as far as I'm concerned today, there's a power one. It's the SEC and nobody left. The SEC and nobody left. And that's not going to be good. And remember, this affects college basketball also. This affects college basketball. And Vegas making some news today. On my birthday, because everybody forgets my birthday. I was born on Thanksgiving. November 23rd, UCLA and Gonzaga will play an epic rematch of the Final Four right here in Vegas. How about that? The Zags and Bruins will meet November 23rd in Vegas as part of the Empire Classic. Gonzaga ranked number one in ESPN's way too early top 25, and UCLA ranked number three. Wow, I didn't know that. We'll play two games. We'll each play two games at T-Mobile in late November. On November 23rd, UCLA and Gonzaga will get going. They will play opposite teams before the two powerhouses square off two nights before Thanksgiving. 
Man, we got a lot going on here. Rolling Stones tickets go on sale tomorrow for PSL holders. Those tickets go on sale this week. Rolling Stones, we got Guns N' Roses. I'm going to the Gold Cup Soccer, which is coming up here this weekend. Hopefully it's USA and Mexico. Man, we got a lot of news here in Vegas, as I've always said. Build it, and they will come. Build it, and they will come. Hey, I asked in the first hour, how much of the Olympics are you watching? Any of it? You know, the, the game that USA Basketball lost to France was behind a paywall. You couldn't find it unless you had Peacock, which I happened to have, but I didn't know it was on Peacock, so I didn't know to watch it when I got up in the morning. And then I watched it last night as I was on the air. Let's get to the fourth quarter in game one for USA Basketball against France. Evan Fournier was the best player on the court, hitting this three to put it away. Gobert in on Durant, nearly traveled, hustling rebound, over to Fournier, and he hits! Evan Fournier, under a minute. Evan Fournier was the best player on the court, and the United States had Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and they couldn't compete with France. Final call, and not an epic upset. France has got a good team, but USA Basketball was up big with four minutes to go and blew the game. Final seven seconds here. Lillard puts it up. Holiday, no, and that will do it. So France has beaten the United States in the first game in Pool A. Final score, 83-76. to I mean, that's unacceptable, Peacock on the call of that game. So that's where we stand. As of now, I'm a little bit concerned for Las Vegas because the men's national team came to Vegas. They didn't prepare. They didn't prepare at all. They weren't ready to play, and that's a big deal. And that could, I think, inhibit Vegas to host this event years down the road if they're going to go to the Olympics and embarrass themselves. Here's Drew Holiday, who just won a championship for the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think I've ever heard excuses like this guy laid out after the loss. Um, you know, I think it's a group effort. You know, you you always got somebody like Kevin Durant and, and Draymond Green who have been in this position before. I've been to the, I mean, the finals plenty of times and uh, been in situations like this. So, but we, we also have a team who's been through a lot of adversity. And I feel like we all kind of feel the disappointment and, and we all want to get back out there and, and play and prove ourselves and prove how good of a team we could be. I mean, it's the Olympics, everybody. We should be talking about it. It's America. We're on sports radio. I don't know if you're watching. I don't know if you care. I don't know if it's difficult to watch. I don't know anything. I just know what goes on in my household. And we're trying to watch it, but it's just not like back in the day where it was must-see television. We don't see it right now. Mike Florio now reporting Aaron Rodgers and the Packers closing in on an agreement at least for 2021 after the ESPN report. Florio says the concessions would include the Packers wiping out the 2023 season of his current contract with no tags permissible once the deal expires after this season. The Packers also would agree to review the situation at the end of this current season. It sounds as if the Packers also will convert a large chunk of his $14.6 million base salary to a bonus, spreading it over multiple years and creating cap room. So one of the big topics I'm going to talk on my serious show tonight is going to be about These are athletes, again, who are under contract that are threatening to quit and getting rewarded. Correct? That's what this is. Just like James Harden in Houston who got fat 
didn't want to play in Houston, got rewarded by going to a better team. Aaron Rodgers was upset, uh, didn't want to stay in Green Bay, so they're going to give him more money. They're going to reward him with a bigger bonus, and then they're going to let him go, so he wins. It also looks like Rodgers will be back, assuming the deal gets done, and he abandons his plans not to show up, which should happen here by the end of the day. One of our favorite journalists in here in town, Mark Anderson, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, joins us in a few minutes. As we're brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, coal-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. As I said, I'm from New York. I live in Vegas. Grimaldi's is the best pizza I've ever What other place? What better place than Las Vegas for the Raiders? Because they kind of fit fit the mode of, of the city. The city knows that they can support a championship team. They haven't done so with a, with the hockey team. Uh, so no, I'm looking forward to it. More from JT as the countdown to Canton continues. JT, back with you. So I went to the Rock Show 27 at Virgin Hotels, and it's about all the artists that died at the age of 27, which is really mind-blowing. When you think of all these iconic artists, Robert Johnson, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and then Kurt Cobain came out, and the guy who impersonated Kurt Cobain sang like him, played guitar. The whole room got up and was going crazy. It was a great show. If you're heading out to Virgin Hotels, go see the show 27. I've seen it twice. And it's fantastic and really good. And it's a different type of fun show. If you're into music, I think you'll really like it. Andrew Brandt, who used to be a Packers executive, frequent guest on this show, updated this Aaron Rodgers breaking news on his contract. If the void is after the 2022 season, not after the 2021 season, that is a win for the Packers because the Packers can still trade him after this season which is what he thinks both sides wants. So that's the big deal. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to get a restructured deal. He'll play this year for the Packers. He'll report to camp, and then the contract will agree that he could leave after this year. If he wants to stay, they can stay. But if he wants to leave, it'll be on his terms to leave, but it'll be a trade. So I think it's a win-win. Aaron Rodgers will get more money, and he'll be able to go. And the Packers will be able to trade him. This will be a monster story as training camp opens up. Mark Anderson, kind enough to join us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Mark, good to talk to you. I want to begin with Raiders training camp. There's a lot of news about the defense, defense, defense. But if this news on Aaron Rodgers is true and he's going to stay in Green Bay, that should be good news for the Raiders because he's not going to Denver. Yeah, and I, I think the closer they got to training camp, the more likely it's he was going to stay in Green Bay all along. It seemed clear to me the Packers weren't going to trade him. And why would you? I mean, they had all they held all the cards. So this is an agreement I think that satisfies both sides. And the bad news is this is going to be an ongoing story because it's not going away after the season. Mark Anderson joins us. I know you've been tweeting and writing and talking about what's going on with conference football. Give me your big picture on Texas and Oklahoma because there's got to be some outs. It's not going to happen this year. It's college football is right around the corner. But how does it change the landscape of college football going forward, including the Mountain West, 
if more and more eyeballs are going to be on the SEC, how is the national media and fans going to concentrate more on the Mountain West right here in Vegas? Yeah, it's going to be enormous change. And, you know, I think it could go either way for the Mountain West. And it all comes down to the Big 12. The Big 12 can come in and poach some Mountain West teams and really weaken the conference, or there may be a bunch of Big 12 teams that decide we got to go elsewhere. And suddenly the Big 12 is left with a handful of teams that need to scramble and find another conference. And so that could benefit the Mountain West. That that almost happened under the previous major realignment. If you remember, there was serious talk about schools like Kansas and Kansas State joining the Mountain West, I think Iowa State. Um, so that could happen again, and this time it could happen for real. So that if you're if you're the Mountain West, that's what you're hoping for. Um, the, I was reading today, someone suggested that the Big Ten should go poach some teams out of Pac-12. So who knows where this thing's headed? It, it could be. It's just going to be crazy, and it's it's this is just the beginning, and and um, you know, next several months is it, it's going to be a whole different landscape. Mark Anderson joins us from the Las Vegas Review Journal. So, what do you think is the best case scenario for the Mountain West with the Mountain West pulling in some teams? Because we would think the Pac-12 is a bigger conference, obviously, with USC and Oregon and UCLA, and I've always thought that the Pac-12 would potentially take a look at UNLV because of their facilities and now Allegiant Stadium. What are you hearing? They could, yeah. I, the, the big thing that's holding UNLV back right now is the two premier programs are struggling. And, you know, that that might be a tough t- sell to the Pac-12 to, just on that basis alone. But, you know, the, the geography certainly works in UNLV's favor, being so close to, mm-hmm. to Pac-12 schools, the, the, the city itself, uh, as you mentioned, the facilities. The one thing, another thing that does work against UNLV is the Pac-12 is already here, essentially mm-hmm. with with a postseason championship events. So, uh, the, and, and I so the, the Pac-12 may not feel a real reason to come into Las Vegas because it already has a, a pretty good presence here. Um, but yeah, it may UNLV. I, I thought always made a lot of sense for the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 expanded. But I'd feel better about UNLV's chances in football and basketball. We're we're much further along at this point. Yeah, Mark Anderson's our guest. So you believe, that's very interesting. You're the first guy, and you're really connected to say that, that Allegiant Stadium is already the diamond for the Pac-12. They have the use of this market and this city for basketball and football without having to poach the team. So they get Vegas. They don't have to take these teams that have been struggling for quite some time, assuming these teams are going to get better eventually. But the core isn't getting these teams. It's about having the access and the foothold here in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, you know, I said they. I think they they have that already. But yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, but you know, if if this, if this was basketball, even the long Kruger days, I'd really like you know these chances at this point. But it's they're in rebuild mode, and you know, football's coming off a winless season. So uh, you know, who knows if if they're going to get it together? We've been waiting for years for that to happen, and it still hasn't. So. Um, you know, but it, but you know, there's who knows what goes into this, to, to these various decisions, and who knows what the Pac-12 was left with. If Big Ten comes in there and takes on their teams, then they're going to have to make a move somewhere. Mark Anderson's our guest, Las Vegas Review Journal, one of the most respected sports minds in all of Vegas. Let's move. I you know I didn't get a chance working here, going to media days here for the Mountain West, but considering what Marcus Arroyo has done with the recruiting and what they have the potential to do. I even saw the Tate Martell news 
What is the upside this year? Can UNLV shock everybody and play better, or are they just a mismatch in every game, and this year they'd be lucky to win a few games? Yeah, I, 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 I think this is they're still in rebuilding mode. He's, he's mm-hmm. certainly had some great recruiting classes. I think he's probably had the best recruiting classes uh, in probably 20 years from UNLV. And, 20 years? And Hold he, on. 20 years best recruiting yeah. Marcus Aurora UNLV football. That, that's impressive coming from you. Yeah, it, yeah, I think since John Robinson, I think John Robinson's the last coach who brought in the kind mm-hmm. of players that Marcus Royal's bringing in. Now he's got to now he's got to coach him up. <laughs> Those are two different questions. He, he can recruit, but can he coach him up? And I don't know that we have enough evidence to know that. I mean, you know, Owen Six is. You, you can say, well, yeah, he he he. Uh, you know, the early results weren't promising, but he also didn't have a spring practice and never regular training camp. So we, he didn't get a chance to really implement a system. So I don't mm-hmm. think you can really judge him on last season. Uh, there were some issues I personally had. I, I, don't, I still don't know what he was doing at quarterback. I think he really messed up my, my going youthful at quarterback and, and mm-hmm. seeing what those guys could do. Uh, but, you know, if, if, say, Doug Brumfield comes in this season and is a starter and plays really well, then, then you know, that will be quickly forgotten. But I, don't, I just don't. I just don't see them making a major move this season. You know, I, I think, I think if they win four games, that's frankly doing pretty well. Um, and I know fans don't want to hear that, but I think that's where they are. I think they're at least a couple years away from where you really see the, the, the these recruiting classes start to pay off. Mark Anderson, Mark, last one. I'm on record. I'm negative with the A's leaving the Bay because the Raiders got here first. Period. And I know how the A's negotiated in bad faith behind Mark Davis at the time, Mark Bedane, on that 10-year lease to stay at the Coliseum when the Raiders were negotiating. I know that story better than anyone in Vegas on the radio, but I understand why people would want a baseball team to come here to Vegas for the economy, what it does to the resort's corridor, and all of this. I don't respect Dave Cavill. I don't think he... I don't think he negotiates in good faith, and I think those Oakland fans, the A's fans, are getting screwed over. You're close to this. You've written about it. What do you think has changed in the last month that leads you to believe that the A's are coming to Vegas or not? Uh, my, my, my opinion really hasn't changed one way or the other. Um, I, I, I just – well, I, I, I think that – it's changed a little bit. Where I, I think they were, they were trying to work something out in Oakland – but this last city council meeting, I'm, I just don't think these have any interest in staying in the Bay Area. Um, that doesn't mean they're necessarily coming here because I don't know who's going to pay for for them to come here. I, I just not, the taxpayers don't have the stomach for another big tax hike, and we don't want to put on the visitors again because they want to start scaring people coming here because we need we need visitors to come here. So. I don't know where they're going to get the tax money from, but I also don't know where they're going to get it from in other cities. I don't know that there's – I think a lot of cities are like Las Vegas, especially coming out of this pandemic, that they're not ready to spend that kind of money to bring a sports sports team here. So I don't really know what the A's are going to do. I do like their chances of coming here, and I've heard, like you, about the Raiders are not at all thrilled about them wanting maybe coming here and for for very good reasons on their part. Mm-hmm. So they're certainly not going to get any help from the Raiders. Now, if they had a good relationship with the Raiders, then maybe the Raiders do some things behind the scenes to make it happen. But with the Raiders, and I don't know if this Raiders is going to try to work against them, but they at least will be neutral. Mm-hmm. And having the Raiders at least neutral on this, that certainly doesn't help. Yeah. Always good talking to you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, JT. Take care. 
one of the smartest guys in town. We all always put Mark Anderson on this show. My buddy, Raider Mike, who will be in town for his stadium tour. How are you, Mike? Brick. What's up, my man? How you doing? I couldn't be better. Good to see you on Facebook and social media uh, coming into Vegas. You got your tour on Wednesday, right? Absolutely. And uh, by the way, that was a rhetorical question of mine. I know you're on fire right now talking Raider football. Hey, were you guys just talking about the A's? Yeah, we were talking about the A's wanting to leave Oakland and come here to Vegas. Dude, man, they were like they were like long lost cousins in Oakland. There was, I mean, there was no cooperation at all between those two, as far as I know. So, I mean, there's, I don't know what they got going, but dude, I'm fired up about this stadium. I mean, I got the tour going on Wednesday, but I don't, I just don't know how loud it's going to be, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be off the charts loud. Now, let me tell you something. I was in Houston. About uh, about three, about longer than that, 16 for that playoff game, and then since then they played again. Let me tell you something. You get those cribs, and they they hold 60 or 70,000 people. They got a roof on them. They go straight up. It's like a, a huge college field house, except with 70,000 people. And I mean, that place was loud. And for as loud as the Coliseum in Oakland got, it never you could never capture that because it was so open in the round bowl and everything there was no roof on it i think i think they're going to have a definite home field advantage and that alone is why they should have moved to vegas we're we're going to be there wednesday i, I know you're busy i'll shoot you a text yes um I'm, I'm expecting great things from this from this team this year you know the the school's out on their quarterback and and i'm giving dude the benefit of the doubt i saw him play that game he played in Arrowhead last year was about as great a game as I've ever seen a Raider quarterback play. And it's just like a golf swing. If you can bottle that, and and I know that, that, that they lost two or three games last year because of the defense, and I think Bradley's going to have this defense far better. Uh, Yannick alone is probably worth a win or two. But, I mean, you got to give our quarterback the benefit of the doubt. I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of shakiness there, but you give Derek Carr uh, a quality NFL mm-hmm. middle-of-the-pack ranked 13th, 14th defense, and I think that guy put together 10 wins to get us a playoff. I agree. Hey, call me or call me or text me, and I'll come meet you up after your tour. You're going to love it. It's going to blow you away. Thanks for calling. Rick, you're the man, babe. There he is, Raider Mike, one of the greatest callers of all time. Me and him called the Jim Rome show together back in the day, and we became great friends. I consider him one of the most unique and great and most well-known Raider fans ever. In the modern era, Raider Mike, who's going to be coming down here a lot to see games. Uh, When we come back, Clint Sterner, former Cowboy quarterback, Arkansas quarterback, on what's happening with Deshaun Watson. He has a sports talk show in Houston. We'll hear from him, and he was a great quarterback in college, and he played in the SEC. I'll get his opinion on what's happening there. We're brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brewed as a model of what good beer should be. I had a bucket of Modelo's this weekend. I love Modelo. The team respected me as a player because, you know, I left it all on the field. You know, I, I went out there and I played my played my heart out each and every Sunday. And so, you know, that's where the respect and the love comes from is because I tried to give whatever I had. Induction Day is coming soon. Here's JT the Brick. Yeah, good to hear Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson, a big part of this. But it's about Tom Flores because he's waited way too long. JT, back with you. Clint Sterner joins us. He's got a great radio show in Houston on Sports Radio 610. Played great quarterback at Arkansas in the SEC. 
and was with the Cowboys for a couple of years. Clint, thanks a lot for doing this and coming on. I want to lead with Deshaun Watson. Were you surprised? Did you think Watson was going to show up to camp and report? Yeah, look, I'm very surprised on several fronts, man. I, I thought for sure that he would be placed on the commissioner's exempt list. I thought it was the cleanest way for everybody involved to address this particular situation. And, um, you know, so I'm surprised that that didn't happen in itself. I mean, it, it, this is very interesting for the commissioner's exempt list and what it is and what it means moving for, forward. Hell, it, it appears that anything short of a criminal conviction is going to be allowed and it's not going to be – it's not going to put a player – on the commissioner's exempt list. But with that appearing to be off the table, Deshaun Watson reporting uh, was definitely a surprise. You know, I, I, I don't, I think when you really JT, when you really dig down into it, I think it's, it's the smart thing to do. It's the only option that Deshaun had at this point, but definitely a surprise to think that he, he walked back in that building. And apparently from the people that I've talked to was treated as a normal player. That's going to start camp on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, so many people in Houston like yourself, John McClain, other hosts, former players are pretty much in the know. And everybody I'm asking about this topic, it's Rusty Harden's a defense attorney. He's nationally famous in this country, and the case has been very quiet. And we know moving in until after this season, just bizarre how the case isn't moving forward. And in my opinion, much more high profile and then secondly, I think the big story is, Clint, you probably agree, $50,000 a day. I don't care how much money you have, you losing that type of bank every day adds up quick. JT, you, you, I mean, there's got to be an end game if you're going to risk that kind of money. And yes. if you look at the situation that Deshaun Watson is in, there's no end game to holding out, right? If, you, if a player holds out, he's either holding out to get paid or he's holding out to get moved. He's already been paid, and he can't be moved. So holding out, there was no end game. It would have made no sense. It would have been foolish to, to waste that money. And so to me, the more we think about it, it it's it, hold out for what? What, what was he going to hold out for? Because it was going to be uncomfortable walking in the building? Or because he had said he was going to three months ago before all these, these uh, civil lawsuits were filed against him? Um, yeah, as painful as it was for him to walk in that building, as painful as it was for the Texans to have to field that, that entry, man, the way I look at it, it, it would have been foolish to hold out and, and spend that and, and really eat that money because it would have accomplished absolutely nothing for Deshaun Watson. Clint Sterner joins us, former Arkansas quarterback, Dallas Cowboy quarterback. You nailed it. That's the best analysis You'll hear locally or nationally on any other show. It, it makes all the sense, Clint. Perfectly you tied that up. There's nothing to gain. The guy's got to pay lawyers. He's got to figure out what's going to happen with the rest of his life. And he can't hemorrhage money. I think the world of him as a quarterback, I have him top three. Obviously Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers at his age, and Brady at their age. Pick the one, but I like Deshaun Watson because of his upside, his speed, and how young he is. If another team comes in, risk all this because the other team thinks that they could he'll get out of the legal problems with rusty harden at some point even if the commissioner suspends him the year after for six to 12 games he'll be back in the league and a superstar do you think a team pulls the trigger and gets aggressive and tries to make a move now <laughs> immediately absolutely i mean it when look i don't know when now is i don't know exactly obviously the the, the civil lawsuits have to be resolved for for Deshaun Watson to be able to move. I mean, I, I think people desperately 
want Deshaun Watson. I think multiple teams de- desperately want Deshaun Watson taking snaps for their organization. But but it's, it doesn't matter how good you are. If they don't know if you'll ever touch the field again at any second, these civil lawsuits, these these criminal investigations could turn into into uh, more serious issues to keep you off the field for a, a year or a year plus. I mean, I've, there's too much unknown right now for a, a team to make a move. But the absolute second that that these uh, issues are resolved in, in some form or fashion, whether it's through the system or it's done with a settlement, they will be waiting. There will be a line at the door for Deshaun Watson services. You get the nail on the head. If you, take, if you put age into the mix, if you, if you consider age when you're talking about NFL quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson is second behind Pat Mahomes. And I think anybody that, that disagrees personally, JT, I think is crazy at this point in time, all things considered. Man, the question, JT, is what do the Texans do with Deshaun Watson moving forward over the next 48 to 72 hours? That's the story in NFL football. Hell, that's the story – that's bigger than anything in all of sports right now, and the Olympics just popped off. Why, I mean, that, are you putting, why are you putting such a short time frame on this with him? Well, b- because, JT, I mean, you, they, 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 their first practice is Wednesday. Right. What are the Texans going to do? Is, is the new regime, Cal McNair all the way down, really Nick Casario, let's be honest, mm-hmm. that's who we're talking about here, is Nick Casario, who's preached competition, and and we've got to we've got to put a build a new culture in Houston, and we're going to do it a different way. There's a new standard. We got to teach everybody how we we expect them to work and be accountable. Are you going to take the one individual on this planet that has publicly said he doesn't believe in anything that the Houston Texans organization is about publicly and stands by that? Adam Schefter said he wrapped it up. He wrapped it up by saying. Hey man, he's still he's still standing firm, wanting to be moved. Are you going to take that guy and 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 seriously just um, just insert him back into your locker room, back into your culture, and treat? I, I read John McClain. You said NFL Hall of Famer yeah. John McClain, good friend of the station. We he said today that they're they're going to you know could be inserted back into the locker room, be treated like every other player. That's that's the plan, yeah. right? That that's what your plan is. For the Houston Texans organization rebuilding and moving forward is to insert that guy into the locker room, into that culture you're trying to build. JT, that that's that's absolutely crazy mm-hmm. to me to think that Nick Casario's Nick Casario is going to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all the credit for it when it does. Clint Sterner joins us, former quarterback who's played all over the world. You know. You were always grinding from the time you came in with the Cowboys, Scottish Claymores, Amsterdam, Miami before that. You were a grinder. You had a great career at Arkansas, and you were a guy fighting for a job. You understand what the beginning of camp is like. Just a national question for this league now, with COVID protocol, the fact that they're not in pads and helmets, nowhere near the level that when you came into the league. What do you talk about this time of year? Keeping the players fresh, no injuries, playing the players more, getting these joint practices. What do you like about the next month? I tell you, man, what, what, what I, I like about it is, is the teams that are doing it the way that we did it back in the day. If you listen to Troy Aikman talk about, talk about how he, Michael Irvin, I know he caught a lot of heat a couple of weeks ago, but you talk about the offseason, the hard work, and how 
Love is spelt T-I-M-E and all these different things. Chemistry is built in the offseason. The teams that are still doing that are the teams that are at the top. Believe it. I mean, it, it, take it to the bank. And, and I, I love the fact that we're going to watch teams in the NFL over the next the – ne- really, they've already, they've already been through 18 months of adversity with COVID-19. And the ones that rose to the top are the hardest work and the ones that are still grinding on a day-to-day basis. They're not bitching about how their practices are too physical. The coaches are spending too much time with the players. We need more free time with our family. We want to spend our offseason in L.A. or we want to spend our offseason in Florida. No, they're with their guys and they're grinding. And I love that we get to line up, JT, and watch this NFL season unfold again. And I'm not a huge betting man, but I'll put a stack that the same teams that are grinding and have the old-school mentality that are physical today, tomorrow, and throughout the next, I don't know what, six, seven months are going to be the ones that rise to the top once again. Clint Sterner, it's funny you say that. I was watching NFL Network, and they had the 93 Cowboys, and it was one of those America's game. Look back at these Super Bowl teams, and Jimmy Johnson had such a great roster and he put everyone on notice. Like he he wanted it so bad. And I I I love that part about football. I've been with the Raiders since '98. I remember training camps where guys' jobs were on the line. They didn't make the playoffs. If teams went to the Super Bowl, they were expected to come back and be better than that Super Bowl year. And I think we're going to see that with Brady. What do you think of Brady in Tampa Bay? Every single player coming back, the starters doing it. This is remarkable. Do you give their, them the advantage to win the Super Bowl back-to-back? Hell yes. I mean, look, yeah. Tom, Brady, okay. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are playing chess, and a good chunk of the, the NFL is, is playing checkers. It, it, it's very easy. I listened to a podcast the other day with Shanahan, and he was talking about one thing his father always said was, he said, son, there's legitimately five teams in the NFL that are trying to win ball games. Everybody else is trying not to lose. Five of 32 are trying to win. So, yeah, I think it starts with Tampa Bay. You can go to Kansas City, and there's a couple of other organizations out there that are climbing, doing it the right way. But, hell, yeah, I, I think when you look at Brady and Bruce Arians, it's not just they think they they individually are so great that they can tote the load. They literally are bringing back all 22 and improving. And, look, and if you think Brady, by the way, guys, if you think Brady got stood in front of that camera and said, yeah, I think the players need more time to themselves and need more off time in the offseason. If you think he didn't do that to gain a competitive advantage and then go straight to the practice field with his veterans and get work in, you're crazy, right? I mean, so, yeah, look, I, I give I give Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians and, and Tom Brady, I mean, clearly they got the leg up, man. They, they got this thing figured out. Former quarterback Clint Sterner, as we wrap it up, great on the radio, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Clint, I got a son who's going to be a junior at OU, and I didn't grow up with Big 12 football. I'm a New York guy, but I'm invested now. I don't need OU and Texas in the SEC. The SEC will be a super, super conference. There's no more Power 5. It would be a Power 1 and everybody else. And isn't it important to keep the culture of the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma intact? Is it that important to put them in the SEC, to put it even over the top on steroids? Well, no, look, here's the deal, JT. I think it would be important to keep the Big 12 together if OU and Texas could make it happen. If they if they look down the pipe long term and said, hey, man, the Big 12, it's healthy. We're moving in the right direction. We tweak a couple of things. Man, we, we can really keep this thing humming. I, I'm of the belief right now. I would love to see that, JT. I, I would love to see that. And you expand college playoffs, you pay the players, and we keep on keeping on 
and it's a beautiful thing. Now, the problem is is that we all know the Big 12 is, is going the way of the Pac-12. They're an absolute dumpster fire, and I think OU and UT see the writing on the wall, and, and they're just getting ahead of the game. Look, UT, Oklahoma, and the SEC, they see the writing on the wall. Power Super conferences are coming, and the SEC is going to lead the way, and they're going to go out and get two blue blood, monster programs that are going to increase revenue that's going to i mean it, it's going to make the league more healthy and you know what it's going to do most importantly everybody thinks there's a gap between the sec and everybody or let me let me put it to you this way anybody with sense think knows that the sec there's a significant gap between the sec and every any other conference mm-hmm. that's out there right now this is going to widen that gap whereas if the sec didn't make this move then they would allow the Big Ten or the ACC or the Pac-12 to close that gap that they have right now in 2021. I think it's a no-brainer for all three parties involved. I think the only the only body in America that is going to going to be against this, that's going to oppose this, mm-hmm. is the Texas A&M Aggies, and I understand right. why they would do that. It, it's a bad look, but they're the only they're the only school out there um, with a vote anyway that's going to oppose this. Well, I'll tell you this, Clint, as we wrap it up, then I hope that Vanderbilt, your former program, Arkansas, and I know Darren McFadden, well, you've had great teams over the years, but Arkansas, Ole Miss, Vandy, some of the teams there that are there, they're going to get extra money guaranteed and, and maybe 50, hundreds of millions in the long, long term, but they're not winning. There's only going to be a few. If you load it up that big, you better look. There's going to be a bottom four. And that bottom four could be buried for 20 years. So when they all voted, Vandy and Arkansas, Ole Miss, and everyone goes, okay, we'll take the money, the presidents and the chancellors are going to love to look at their checking account. But when you got four or five wins on the season for 15, 20 years after this, you got to go through OU, Texas, Bama, Auburn, LSU. How are you going to win if you're one of those teams on the bottom? JT, I don't disagree with you, brother. The problem is, is that's the case with or without UT and OU. Yeah. If yeah. you're Vandy, you're buried. You're buried. Hey, pay me an extra fifty million and bury me a little bit deeper. I'm here for it. You know that's, <laughs> that's, that, it. that's the that's the nature of the beast. I mean, right? I'm Arkansas, my alma mater. When oh man, now you've already had the most difficult schedule in the world last year. It's going to get even more difficult. Okay, if we're good enough to run through Bama ever, if that ever happens, if we're good enough to beat Bama to beat Florida, to beat Georgia, to beat LSU, Auburn, all these guys, then bring on Texas and OU. We'll whoop their ass too. If, if we're ever that good, adding OU and Texas is not going to be a problem. I disagree, but you know more than me. You played in the conference. You're a great quarterback. We are going to do more, my friend. I got the best guest in football from John Clayton to Hall of Famers. And talking to you, man, this sounds like a podcast. J.D. and Clint, we can put this podcast up and talk football. Appreciate you doing this. Let's do it again soon. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Clint. Clint Sterner, fantastic. Guy really summed it up beautifully there on Deshaun Watson. And obviously what's happening with college football. Can you imagine being in a conference and welcoming in teams that are going to kick your ass, which means you're going to lose more games, but you're going to get paid? I mean, think of this. If UNLV goes to the Pac-12, it would be great for UNLV. They'd make more money. They'd go to a better conference, and they'd be buried. Now, the other side is, well, UNLV will recruit in the Pac-12, so they'll get better players, and that's a good argument to have on the other side, but... 
Man, I don't know. If you're Vanderbilt, if you're Ole Miss, if you're Missouri in football and you think bringing Oklahoma and Texas in is in for money, is that going to help you? Not going to help you. You're, you're going to lose all your games. But everybody's greedy now. Yeah, the one thing I keep telling everybody, I thought the one thing that was supposed to happen over COVID, how long has it been now? Anybody have a number, 17, 18 months? We're going on two years. Is people would reassess their lives. They wouldn't care what they drive. They wouldn't care how big their house was. They'd care more for other people. They'd be less greedy. You know, you want to survive. You don't want to get sick. You want to visit your family. You would think that's a big part of this and the reset everybody's trying to have in life. Not in sports. Sports is as greedy as it's ever been. If this Aaron Rodgers story from Adam Schefter is true and it could be wrapped up by tonight that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, all that's happening is he's getting rewarded for threatening to leave. Just like James Harden got rewarded for getting fat and couldn't get out of Houston unless he quit. Then he was rewarded going to Brooklyn. Remember Anthony Davis with New Orleans threatening not to play. He gets rewarded with a deal to the Lakers. We are we are rewarding the super elite athletes for bad behavior, for threatening to quit. Imagine if athletes did that in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It never happened. Guys had contracts, and they lived up to their contra- contracts. Great show today. Phil Villapiano, Clint Sterner, Mark Anderson. The calls were fantastic. Tom Flores tribute. Really excited. Raiders training camp Wednesday, Thursday. I'll be out at the facility in Henderson. Let's have a great week, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.